Do you know where the origin of beer started? Colorado? Oregon? Oh no, it must be California. But what if I told you it was none of these? That actually beer was originated by women in Africa. Now we fast forward to today and the narrative has changed dramatically. Black indigenous people of color have been revolutionaries in the creation but left out of the market. There's only 1% of brick and mortar owners, but the numbers are growing. Here on Being Black and Craft, we will share stories of success and challenges of BIPOC in the craft industry. We will explore all fermentables and show how we're innovating the industry. Join me, Angie, the Undeniable Vixen, as we talk to pillars of the industry, newcomers, and enthusiasts. We are a collective of people who believe that we should be able to walk into a BIPOC or BIWOC brewery, winery, or distillery in every state. Good evening, Kendrick. Good evening, good evening. All right, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm skipping over Coffee's name because she is in the land of windmills and whatnot. Nice, nice. She's been having a good time. She has seen our friend. Oh, Chris. She got to hang out with, uh, yeah, hang out with Chris for a minute. That's good, that's good. That was nice. Definitely, definitely. So, this is going to be an int hopefully interesting conversation tonight. I uh, was just really trying to think of something a little different and we hadn't really had a talk about 50 years of uh, hip-hop and I thought that this would be good to bring it back into craft and I use craft very loosely with the things that I found <laughs> that I will uh, have this conversation about tonight and hopefully I want everyone to join in this is going to be open, 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 open. For sure, for sure. As I go through here, I'm going to uh, go ahead picking some folks, sending them messages as I usually do. Did you get into anything this weekend? No, no. Um, I've actually been laying low here. Recently, um, I'm not gonna do too much here. Um, I know Ken has a uh, Ken from Hot Topic has a um, plate party at Flying Salsa that I'll go to next weekend. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and um, me and the wife are having a beer, bourbon, and cigar event uh, this weekend at the house to celebrate our anniversary and. Um, nice. And then, um, other than that, nothing else until Chicago in November and uh, Weather Souls member party slash anniversary next month. So, yeah, I was trying to remember the the name of the event uh, in it's Chicago a, that you go to. Yes, yeah, Fobab, um, acronym for uh, Festival of Barrel Age Beer. Oh. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that. Okay. That's why I was like, uh, what? But yeah. 
I wanted to name that listing when we were giving a, a rundown of all the different things that were going on. I know that's real popular. How early do you have to buy tickets for that? Um, I mean, let me check and see. They probably still got tickets available now, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if they usually okay. sell allowed, uh, but they have two sessions, uh, Fridays and Saturday. Um, Saturday, of course, it's a popular one because that's when the um, actual awards are. But let me just check their site while I'm on it now. And they, they still have tickets available now. Um, okay. They um, they put them on sale. I want to say probably about a month or so ago. Uh, matter of fact, they put them on sale August the twenty fifth. So, so yeah. Okay. So they don't sell out quick, but I mean it's definitely worth it. Um, you know, of course, especially being at any kind of beer festival to where they have an award ceremony to where once you hear you know who's won what medal, and then you know of course the crowd goes to. You know, try to get the last pour of uh, whatever it is they want. So it's always a good time. And, of course, uh, Chicago being a, you know, it's a bigger city than Houston. It's always a good time to try to, you know, get as, get as much, um, you know, get as many breweries or sightseeing in as you can while we're down there. So, so yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you yeah. for that. For sure, for sure. And I see Tony is, is in the audience. I know that you uh you already are a podcast royalty in my eyes, of course. If you be if you'd want to come to the stage, just let me know. Cause we always uh always kid Tony about his his young musical mind and things that he uh you don't know about that. That was 1973. Well, Angie, I wasn't born then. Like, no excuse. You need to know about this stuff. So, uh, I like to tease him about that. Let's see. Well, we are five two. Let me go ahead and. Go ahead and start. Good evening and welcome to Being Black and Craft. This is Andrew, your moderator, Undeniable Vixen. And our mantra is, we don't apologize for recognizing our influence on craft beer. We have Kendrick, part of the Mod Squad, and we're going to get started. I'm hoping that, as I said, this conversation that we're going to have about uh, hip-hop and how craft beer, or rather beer into going, growing into craft, has made an impact. So I'm going to first start off just saying how I think we can safely say that our influence is highly visible, not necessarily always um, appreciated, but it's always visible. And just kind of going back into these archives, I see that. 
And so it's kind of, we're really kind of doing like, I would say a walk down memory lane. And I'm not disturbed. So when I first started looking at things, trying to find, you know, how do we influence fear, what have you? You know, I'm seeing old, old ad campaigns, which is like one of my favorite t-shirts that I wear so much that I have to kind of put it in the back of my closet is the Red Fox holding the um, the Colt 45 can. And, you know, that uh, drop season has. Then I also saw a picture of Bill D. Williams and, you know, works every time, things like that. So to start off, like, we start there. Then we started seeing, I started seeing like a picture of the locks, if y'all remember, uh, rerun part of what's happening. He was a very famous lock member and they were even on a Cult 45 commercial. We had that. So how do we get to that to where we are today, where I just saw and posted uh, E40 is coming out uh, with a new uh, beer. So what I see, well, no, let me first start here. Tell me, and y'all can tell me in the chat too, what can you remember a line or anything like that of any rap song that references any type of beer, liquor, or otherwise? One of your favorites. I'll start okay. with mine. Pastor Cavacier. Uh, okay, okay. I can't remember mine necessarily, but I just remember that they used to always talk about St. Ives back in uh -huh. the And yeah. so that's when I started getting on those flavor ones and, and actual beer. So, yeah. Um, and Ashley just said Brass Monkey. <laughs> mm -hmm. Brass Monkey, yep. I started doing deep dives and finding like some things that I was like, ooh. I'm a little ashamed that I that I'm reading this. I need to be behind, uh, you know, some tall trees or something. I let me give y'all some lyrics. See if you recognize these. Sipping on zip sip I'm getting time Zippendale up in Chippendales, shopping Bloomingdale's for Prada bags. Female Don Dada has no problem spitting cream with my team. She's straight like 915. Now me. Anybody know that know that lyric? Uh no, because at the at, before you got uh tongue tied, I thought you were gonna start saying and sipping on some scissors. I was like, hold on, cause <laughs> but uh no, I don't remember that one. What was that one? That one is Queen bitch, little Kim. Ah, uh, okay. And let me give you one more. 
Now this Hennessy is gonna be the death of me. And I always thought, thought that you have my child was our destiny, but I can't even vibe with you sexually because every time that I try, you will question me. Let me look in the chat, see if anybody knows. Hmm. Ah. No, no, uh, well, no, that's laminal alcohol. That's a good one. But this is uh, actually Kanye uh, before he went to the other side of the world. Oh, Kanye. Bittersweet. <laughs> so, yes. Just to give you an idea, this is where we are, actually. Even if you don't listen to hip hop per se, we're still going to kind of walk down memory lane a little bit and go a little bit further back in. So that's just like some up to date kind of lyrics. But um, Kendrick kind of hit the nose on the head of where we're going, uh, going back into the crate into the files, which is St. Eyes. And I'm going to say with everything that I saw, I did not realize how big St. Eyes and the malt liquor industry was such good bet bedfellows, um, positive and negative for the culture. So when I started looking at it, looking um, at St. Ives, um, let me make sure that I give people their just due. I did a deep dive on YouTube with uh, the world of Dre, who uh, maybe research more, but that's uh, some of the quotes that I'll use is from St. Ives that he also cited. So initially St. Ives had the four tops as their um, spokes, they were the spokes people or spokesman group for St. Ives and they weren't doing very well. And apparently DJ Pooh, West Coast, West Coast rapper, uh, they reached out to him, and that's where the magic kind of started. And when I looked over all the different um, rappers that were involved with St. Oz, it was a big majority of West Coast rappers. Uh, names you probably heard like um, overall Ice Cube, Biggie. Met the Man, Wu-Tang, Scarface, Jay-Z, Snoop. A couple more others, Nate, you know, Nate Dogg and Snoop. They were all part of the St. Ives commercials. They, there is even a St. Ives mixtape. There's a couple, like in the early 90s, that they did compilations of. And that's kind of where things kind of started. They had ad campaigns as well as commercials, so much so they thought that those were real songs. They were just commercial, like Diddy for just these particular ads. And people just made their own little compilations. So, um, what do you think, and I guess I'm going to look in the chat, 
about malt liquor as a whole and being tied to hip hop? Um, I guess I look at it two different ways. On one end, of course, you know, back in the gap, you know, seeing that that's what it was tied to, you know, of course, it was kind of like, eh, kind of had like an iffy feeling on that. But now, you know, having been within the industry, due to the fact that there is so much culture of ours is being adopted by, you know, white-owned breweries that don't even include these people, you know, that, you know, that, that are, you know, been a part of history, you know, then for me, that makes it feel like that, well, shit, I kind of liked it back when we were at least represented on commercials, even though that that is, you know, it's kind of bad that, you know, that you are just stuck to a certain situation or a certain, certain style of beer or whatever, at least there's some type of representation because for me, it's like now everybody's in, is in a situation to where they're, they're coming up with these trendy names and doing all of that, but you know, there's no representation of them besides the catchy name. And so I kind of miss those old days to where, you know, if there is a situation, just like, you know, with the Budweiser can of got notorious big on it, you know, I don't know if that was announced that did any proceeds go to that. I don't know. Um, if, um, well, I know that there's definitely a, um, brewery that's out in Houston that does a lot of that. Oh, I want to go ahead and just name it something catchy, something that's within the Houston within the Houston slang, but then, you know, you don't even you know, donate anything towards this person's family or anything. So for me, I think that having that representation, at least on those commercials back then, I mean, at least you, at least something, I mean, I'm sure they got paid for it. Nowadays, you know, it's a situation to where these white-owned breweries are doing this and nobody's even getting paid for it. So my thing is, if you're going to use me for something, at least pay me. So I, I, I look at it on two different sides, you know, back then versus now. So that's just my opinion on it, though. Yeah, I get that. Um, let me give this. So malt liquor, which is made... Um, made similar to beer, but has more than 5% alcohol, has become the drink of choice among many in the inner city. It is heavily discounted in Black and Latino neighborhoods nationwide. A 40-ounce bottle can cost less than $1.50. Now this is very old. <laughs> and promotes coyly, but not sometimes coyly, plug its, plug its potency, potency. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to think in this era, where it's in the 80s it's dancing around you know drugs not really having a lot of opportunities i can rap i probably do drink this or some of my homeboys drink this so yeah i think i'm gonna take the money and not necessarily realizing the repercussions of it, of it impacting it in a negative sense. Um, because one thing that, that was mentioned 
with as they're doing these mixtapes and having all, you know, getting, I guess, looks like it was Code 45, Mickey, Still Reserve, Old English Cobra. I think they're all in, they also exist, exist except for Cobra. I don't think I've seen that. Um, when you have that out there and it has these connotations of, oh, I'm going to have party. It's great. Then the negative side of it is when they're making these mixtapes, there was a big out-of-court settlement with Chuck D and Public Enemy because they used a sample in one of those mix songs, in one of those uh, Santa Claus mixtapes. Um, which was one million bottle bags. So Chuck D is quoting is quoted here. One mil one million bottle bags is about the malt liquor problem in Black America. Black excuse me, malt liquor has twice as much alcohol content and as many residues. That is to say, waste product for regular beer. It's fucked up beer and more than and more than alcohol. Instead of making people laid back, it makes them hostile and it leads to a lot of black on black violence in America. They have massive campaigns for this shit and they target it at the black community. Mall liquors are made by the major brewers in this country. When we pull the regular bills, when they pull the regular bills through the filters, all the excess excess bullshit they have to push to the black community and it's been killing MFers for the longest period. So they set out of the court and and that's what St. Ives and then they also have another issue where they they were cited as targeting to minors. And they had a whole nother campaign of more uh, safe sex campaign, as well as, you know, you need to be of age to drink to kind of clear up their image. So we turn from, from that up going up through the ranks to now I'm seeing Jay-Z talking about, uh, you know, we need to roll a J to that. No, it's not Crystal, it's Crystal. And you have Diddy and Ciroc. You have all these different rappers just coming out here and uh, promoting their brands. Like I went, I worked Saturday and some of the, you know, the things that I posted to make the little, the little blurb was stuff that I saw in the store, just a random store. I saw, um, Rick Ross has something. Of course, Snoop has his wine. Earl Stevens E40. He had. He already had wine. He had a whole. He has a whole uh, line. So it was kind of wild that he's coming into beer. Um, and with uh, Nas and Hennessy. And I'm not really sure where the connection comes with Nas and Hennessy. Do you do you know by chance, Kendrick? Is there a song that Nas mentions Hennessy, or that's just his favorite thing, or he just got decided to um, they picked him. 
ain't even gonna lie. I don't even listen to Nas that much. I know some people that's, that's gonna kill me, but I ain't. I, no, yeah. I think that's that's my point. That's my point. It's like, huh? They pick Nas. Like, years hip hop, and they pick they pick Nas. Hey, don't get me wrong. Dope, dope brother. It's just that, you know, I mean, I, yes. I stay. No, yeah. he was on a great show. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to say I'm I'm being salty. But I was just yeah. like, I just would have, I, that wouldn't have been the first thing that I thought of. I was not. But, yeah, so how, how do you think that we're coming into our branding because it seems that we are progressing more into this market of liquor. And I think we have a pretty good position as far as hip hop artists being in tequila and vodka and things like that unlocked. And we're starting going into we have juvie juice. Juve, I just drank a can of my juvie juice this weekend. Um, or the E40 Earl Stevens, who's actually doing a malt liquor, oddly enough, and uh, a ball. Yeah. A ball, oh. you know, Bill Street, you know, um, Bill Street, Brewing, you know, having their collab with a ball and JG. Yeah, but most recently, didn't uh, Brewery do one with uh, Crazy Bone, if I'm not mistaken? Who? I think uh, I think somebody did a, a collaboration with uh, Crazy Bone. Um, oh. Yeah. Yes, I saw um, some some brewery. I forgot which one it was, but I saw them. Um, uh, I'm going to have to go find it and figure out what it was. Um Carlton, you asked, what is Juvie Juice? Uh, Juvie Juice is a collaboration that uh, Juvenile did with um, Urban South, um, the New Orleans location, but they recently started making it for the Houston version, uh, the Houston location as well. So what is it, a hard, it's a hard tea and lemonade? A hard tea, tastes just like tea. You can sit there and drink it like water. Yeah. It says it's five percent, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like anything. It's something nice to sip. You said that you're having something a craft, a craft beverage. Um, yeah, you can do that. And, so, and Carlton, if you saw the tiny desk that Juvenile performed, um, then then you'll see him as he's drinking. That's what that's the can that he's drinking from. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure, for okay. Sure. Marketing. Marketing. Absol- marketing. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I. I'm wondering what lies ahead for hip hop and the creation when it comes to actually our craft beer. Because, as I said, I think that we have um, the liquor side. Not, you know, flooded, but I can name, I can go to the liquor store and see some things that I know these people are paired with that. What do we have to offer as far as our craft beer and hopefully bring into the market? Because the other side of it, 
which y'all probably can't remember too, was we have a big love affair with Sprite. Sprite also is really big with hip hop and uh, having that kind of dynamic with hip hop and Sprite where this love affair. So let me look in the chat. What do y'all what do y'all think is coming? Oh yeah. That's right. Uh, Run the Jewels. I forgot about Run the Jewels. Yeah. He's been um Okay, so Run the Jewels have a few beers and Ashley's saying I've uh I've been saying how odd it is that Killer Mike hasn't linked up with any black owned breweries. That is odd. Uh I'm trying to remember where I just saw the ad and things for for um I saw Moore's in Chicago give uh, a rapper a beer and he was trying it out and was really digging it. But yeah. I, now didn't well uh I know it probably wasn't Killer Mike, but um Marcus had a collab with Runner Jewels, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, somebody uh, he, was, he uh, they uh, just did something not too long ago, which is kind of yeah. I think it was called like No Save Point or something because I I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he had like a T-shirt that was uh, sold uh, that they that had like the art the art from the uh, can on it, uh, but that was a while that was a while back. Oh, this was. This was Goose Island. No, this was Steph. I'm looking at one right now. Goose Island and Run the Jewels. They just did something in September. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, the the one that um uh, the Marcus did. I know that was a while back. It was a um, um no save point. And to go back to my earlier uh statement, uh the the brewery that did the collaboration with Crazy Bone. It was called Unsung Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um and the beer is called Granddaddy IPA. It is like a twelve point five percent triple. So Ooh, um, was it made with old granddad? Right. Um so apparently it's like Citra, Mosaic, Enigma. Um so um twelve point five percent and unsung brewing is in Anaheim, California. So mm-hmm. I went to their uh page to try to see if they still pretty sure they sold out. And hope Crazy Bone yeah. is good because I know he was still. Uh, I hadn't heard any updates, but I'm, of course he was in the hospital, so I hope he's uh, doing good. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, when you mentioned that about um, Run the Jewels, it made me think about um, Sean with 17% Drip. I know he did a whole. Like clap the 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 glassware, the t-shirt, a whole like conglomerate, and I know it had to be a beer along with that. So, but it like you said, it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. So, where do you think? Um, Being hip hop, 
being true to, hey, I'm, you know, this is how I'm living. It's everything is so immaculate. So everything is so great. How do you, how do you feel um, these different artists can toe the line with keeping true to themselves and not going fully corporate? And would that be a bad thing? Them uh, being fully corporate. I actually hit you with a ma'am, so I'm guessing something is getting ready to come from that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm. I have a query. I have a query. I'm sorry that you're driving, that you can't speak to us fully, but uh, I I wonder about that because that's the kind of I guess you would say bullshit that, uh, you know, I'm street. I'm never going to change. You know, I'm on the block, blah, blah, blah. But you're still making money for the family. Are you staying true to your roots? And how can you tell the line with I'm making, you know, I'm I'm earning, you know, money for my family and not being fully corporate. I did invite you to, I, ma'am, I invited you to speak 50 years ago. Oh, she up in there. The devil is a lie. <laughs> girl. Girl, girl, yeah. nothing. I did. You're the first one I invited. Thank, thank you, Kendrick. Thank you, Kendrick. I know somebody loves me. Oh, no problem. No problem. Wow. <laughs> what my ma'am was in response to is it's always amazing how people who don't have access, don't have a platform, don't have opportunities, always want to throw in their two cents about what somebody else is doing. And it's a mm -hmm. very interesting parallel between the conundrum that you posed, Angie, and people in the craft beer community who get upset when their favorite brewery, quote unquote, sells out to the big boys, so to speak. You have no idea what that exit strategy in that brewery or this particular artist's business plan was. And you mm -hmm. can't assume that anybody is quote unquote selling out anything because at the end of the day, they are producing a consumable product, whether it's their music, whether it's the beer that's produced. So like, that's just a really goofy argument to me coming from people who have probably never run a business or like you said, don't have, you know, all of these expenses that they fronted out to the record label in the first place to even get their music out there. So that's, yeah, it's, it's goofy to me. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking that um, knowing full well as far as um, the music industry, period, what it's like a, a rotation of a song is like three fourths of a penny or something crazy some 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 type of math that i still don't understand uh there's a youtube well it's everywhere but the best explanation i have ever heard of that is from lisa left eye mm. and their little suzuki sidekicks 
<laughs> that was the compensation. <laughs> and so looking at it from a business or just basic economical standpoint, you may look successful and yeah, you've had these world tours and you've had these records sell, but you're really not bringing that amount of money down where most of these artists are able to actually begin accruing wealth is through endorsement deals and things mm -hmm. like that. That has nothing to do with the actual art that they're creating themselves. And and that's why I guess I had posed initially when I was saying they're in, you know, in the on the West Coast, not a whole lot of money already. So I'm thinking this is more of not necessarily that this is this is a shift that I like to drink anyway, but this looks like a way out opportunity for me and my family. So um and of course we've heard of all the different like screwed up deals that uh, artists have made all over just black people in general things screwed over as far as like record deals a tribe has a whole song about it so uh and we're just now getting to listen to daylight soul you know after all the the craziness they've been through yeah so i don't I didn't, I know that I brought up malt liquor and so I said craft in quotes. And I know that the connotation of malt liquor was, is very negative, but it is a place in history that we can't, um, not, we can't overlook it. And there's people that still, still have it. And like I said, Earl Stevens, that's what he's making is a malt liquor, which is kind of wild. He's going to be at the, um, I guess, part of the celebration uh, in Cali, October 10th. Mark out calendars. Make sure I keep on trying to tell people about that because I think there's going to be a whole lot of different surprises and different uh, things that's going on uh, as we continue to get more states making October 10th be the National Black Brewers Day. Um, well, Ashley, I was going to ask, uh, let me ask you as well, where do you think craft and hip-hop is going? Uh, where do you think the next iteration is going to be? I'm not the right person to answer that question. Um, cause I don't, I would not consider myself a hip hop head at any level. Um, however, it would be really interesting to see, you know, I don't, I don't even really know. I just think art in general, if there's a more mm, intentional, focus on these two creative processes from the creator standpoint, but also from the consumer standpoint, most people that I know that are into hip hop, like it's a lifestyle. It's something that they got into at a very young age and they have never set it down. Um, my former partner and I founded Mo Better Brews here in Vegas to really have a safe space for people that were into good beer and good music predominantly hip-hop to get together 
And so I think there's a lot of overlapping with the, you know, the community, the socializing and things like that. But what I would really love to see is for people to intentionally leverage that opportunity to raise capital, to support brands. I know that was something that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. I know people that are hip hop heads that spend crazy money on merch, vinyls, et cetera, et cetera. They have that loyalty there. And I think it would be really awesome if we could find a way to capture that already captive audience in craft beer through that that synergy. Yeah, maybe something like as far as like a pouring back into. Um, I, actually, Marvis in uh, Austin, he was going to this event and I could. I, I'm sure I can find the name of it. Uh, ask him and find out what the name of it is. But hip hop kids, you know, getting them together. They're already, you know, meeting up and having a um, a graffiti contest where they're decorating the neighborhood and making these beautiful murals and pouring back into our youth and there being that, I guess that also that caveat of us as the adults, the drinking, you know, of age adults, hey, let's, you know, get this together. Let's have a fun of some sort. Your mirrors are amazing. Do you want to pursue this? And how can we help you pursue this dream? You can make beautiful murals, but you can also get some, um, you know, also some other, uh, traditional school if you want to or if it's to help you um, get more supplies to do your own business things of that nature and that's what I think he actually they do something like that either monthly or quarterly so I think that would be a really great idea and I believe I was also watching, oh, uh, Montclair. They kind of did that in some in a, in, in a kind of way where as they were getting their building prepared, they needed help painting. So they had people to come around and, hey, buy your paint, paint a wall. Um, having a place, uh, uh, you know, a place where a sneaker show you know, because people love to show their sneakers and uh, anything like that, they'll they'll pour back into the community. I think that we're that we're missing opportunities to that could be. It seems very slight, but could be really big and impactful for places right around the corner from us, and that's where I see our collide for hip hop and craft, whether it be craft beer, craft uh, cocktails, craft liquor, all those different things where we can kind of succinctly keep that little circle of uh, commerce going on in our little neck of the woods. That's just me. was there anything else? Any uh, anything else that I want to share 
or anything that I may have run over and uh, didn't mention. We did we did talk about Beacon Budweiser, which that was um, when I saw it, I was like, like they defamed a, a national monument, but apparently. The Wallace family was cool with it. So if they were cool with it, I'm cool with it. Uh, but it just came out to me, probably not to anybody else, but to me, it seemed like it just came out the freaking blue. Like, I haven't seen him hold anything that was remotely like a beer. But okay. But they were cool yeah. with it, son. Yeah, that's how a lot of these breweries do it. It just come out of left field and just random shit, like I said, especially the H-Town Brewery. Um, Spindle Tap, shit, they, they are very uh, much uh, doing that on, you know, as far as, like I said, with Houston artists and shit, and it's like using rap lyrics or I mean, I'm like, y'all just, I mean, don't be hosting you know, any black events and all of that, but this is what you do, but it is what it is, though. Like I say, uh, you know, teach us all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that that's really it. That was my little uh, thing on hip-hop or hip-hip as I put on here. I don't know how. Spell check got, got me so, so messed up. But <laughs> And so she didn't listen to hip hip. Hip hip hooray. But yeah. Uh that's my little synopsis of hip hop and being black and craft. And I guess some outgoing notes. I saw that for the culture, um, they have closed down their uh, their campaign for their uh I guess their what do you call it? It's just their special for their special little group they have where you can uh do like a members a members package. Oh, cannot think. Yeah, kinda like a so, mug club situation. Yeah. So they're they're all full. They're all full. Yes, they're all full and they're and so I was really glad that that, that, that uh was able to shut down and they were successful on that. If you didn't see, I did post um in stories the melanated uh, mashers, no, me- melanated malt mashers. Oh, I'm not saying the name wrong. With Amani, uh, Burnell, and Shaggy, they were featured with their local uh, local Delaware paper, melanated mash makers. I knew I wanted to make sure I had that. And I posted the article where you can read more about them. Uh, of course, their beer was at Barrel and Flow. They actually had two collabs, and they were both wonderful. And they're making waves. So that's that's the news that I have for that. And stay tuned for it's October, October 10th. I told y'all about that. And Kendra told you at the very beginning about the event that's going to be in November in Chicago, Bobap. Yep, yep. 
and I guess that's it. Um, this is going to be um, next week. We're going to be off because I won't be here. I'll be out of the country. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not at all. I can't wait to tell y'all the story of my uh, of how I almost screwed myself over. I'll tell y'all that when I get back. But yeah. That is really it. Um, yeah. I just if if you if you can think of something for me to talk about because I don't have a guest. Uh, <laughs> did you did you um? Yeah, I hadn't checked. I, I hadn't checked the Discord. Did you have the Indiegogo for uh, Capsule Brewing? No. So yeah, so they uh have their uh Indiegogo uh like the version of Kickstarter for their um brewery and planning so um okay i can send you the link to it on ig and then you can post it yes send me that and also that triggered urban garden uh they also have something going on as well they've been uh they have their uh kickstart going and they will be the first they, I, i've seen several articles you know being the first um woman-led, first woman-led brewery in that area, which is Baltimore area, Urban Garden. It's over there in Amber's neck of the woods. So. Cool, cool. Yeah, link just sent to you. Okay, perfect. Well, if nothing else, I'm going to continue to, uh, Clean out my freezer and prepare myself for my vacation. And thank you so much, Kendrick, for uh, sitting in. Thank you, Ashley, and everyone in the chat. Uh, again, this is Angie with Undeniable Dixon. Thank y'all for joining us for being Black and Craft, where our mantra is we don't apologize for recognizing our influence on craft beer. Don't forget to order your hoodies. They're still on sale by uh, times per minute. And we will see y'all next week or week after next. Y'all have a great night. Thanks.